from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, Peter stood up among the brethren. The company of persons was in all of about 120 and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their language a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it, and his office let another take. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. Then they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Eustos, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, Show which one of these two thou hast chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas had tur turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was enrolled with the eleven apostles. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time Jesus declared, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and any one to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The saving words of the Gospel. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Matthias, an apostle. You just heard the account in Acts 1 about how he was chosen by the apostles to replace uh, Judas Iscariot. Um, the election of Matthias was uh, different from that of all the other apostles. It was unique in that it was made uh, by, the, uh, by the other apostles and the uh, Christian community before the descent of the Holy Spirit on the church, uh, which is kind of interesting. And... Um, it wasn't a personal appointment by the Lord himself. But what this goes to show is, of course, that the apostles had the authority to do this and to, to begin this thing. And so, um, according to Acts, uh, Matthias had been with the Lord uh, already from the time of his baptism, uh, the Lord's baptism by John until his ascension. So he had been all around and he, he had seen what had gone on not maybe with quite the intimacy of the uh, of the twelve, but um, he was part of those who 
numbered not 12, but 120. Um, so he's within that tw uh, mystical number of 12. And so they choose Matthias to replace uh, Judas, the, the suicide. So um, we ask uh, St. Matthias today to give courage, uh, to ask for and pray for courage for the successors of the apostles, especially those um, who may have uh, been uh, elected uh, to the See of Peter by See of Peter by any to any see any diocesan see uh, by surprise, as it were. Uh, today we have in our gospel reading a little parable in the second part, and in the first part, a, a little bit of a puzzling thing because remember context matters. So what we had in Matthew 11 in this, in, is the Lord had been rejected by a couple of cities. And then we get one of these uh, interesting moments, these rare moments in which the Lord prays. And we have his actual words. You know, we have his words from, for example, the Garden of Gethsemane, and before that at the Last Supper. But here's one of these, here's one of these moments when we hear the Lord praying in his own words. It doesn't say just Jesus went apart to pray, and then later on, you know, something else happens. But no, we have his words. And so what does he do? He thanks the Father. Now, he has just been rejected by a couple of cities. And he says, I thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and revealed them to babes. In other words, the people who think they know everything and those who, who are a little more humble, for such is thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by... Now, this is where it starts to get really interesting. All things have been delivered to me by the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. Now, this passage sometimes has been nicknamed the the Joannine Thunderbolt, because it sounds like a, a lightning strike about the Lord and his identity as if it were directly out of the Gospel of John, which in, in a way shows you the coherence between the messages of the two, though they were written for different audiences. And what is going on here is a revelation of persons of the Trinity, um, what what the Lord is saying here is that is that the Lord, that the one to whom the Lord is speaking is Father. He is not just any of the other images that might be used throughout you know the Old Testament or that we might you know think of right now like Judge or you know Creator and so forth. He is Father. He is in him, in his, in his primordial way, Father, Father to his Son. And this is something that cannot be grasped by human reasoning. It's something that has to be revealed. No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal them. And you remember from. Uh, we had the other day the 
mass of the cathedra of, of Peter uh, of Antioch. And we had the giving of the keys. And, and the Lord says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for you know, man hasn't revealed this to you, but the Father has revealed this to you. And this is something who, and that was a question that, that was something that the Lord said immediately on the tail of asking the apostles, who do men say that I am? Well, they said, well, some say you're, you're John or Elijah, you're, you're, you're a prophet, something like that. And Simon, of course, says you are the Christ, the son of the living God, not just the Messiah, the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And then he says, you know, flesh is not revealed to this to you. So we have here an anticipation of that moment in Matthew 11, where the Lord is talking about it requires revelation to understand um, God as God as Father and the person, and there are persons of God. So this is a very important passage for our understanding of the, the Trinity. And then he goes on with something that doesn't seem to follow very easily after this, but um, Holy Church thinks that we need to know this today. And know this why? Uh, because we have just heard um, in the Acts the story of someone who has had an enormous yoke placed on his shoulders, and that is Matthias. He is no longer, from this moment on, he is not just a, you know, one of the followers. Now he's now he's on the inner circle. He's one of the twelve. His status has changed, and an enormous burden has been laid on his shoulders. And so, we have the church also today saying, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Well, there's a contradiction in this, isn't it? You know, if you want. If you want to tell someone, hey, uh, come and I will give you rest. And uh, then you place this enormous wooden thing on his shoulders. It, it doesn't, doesn't sound terribly restful. Um, as a matter of fact, it seems like even worse, the person's situation is even worse than it was before. So, you know, what is a yoke? Well, a yoke is something which by definition hitches two things together, puts, connects two things, and a yoke, of course, is for a task of some sort. And uh, in an agricultural society, everybody would understand that a yoke is placed on the, a pair of, for example, uh, oxen in order to draw a plow. The yoke is placed on a pair of horses in order to draw a cart or chariot. Well, if that's the case, then there are two that are bearing the burden, and not just one. The one has the help of the other. And if you're saying, take, if he says, take my yoke on your shoulders, he's inviting you to be at his side, bearing a burden. But it's a burden shared. It's not a burden that you have alone. And knowing that he is with you, the burden is easy. The yoke is easy. Now there's, there is, um, well, I'm not going to go on too much at length here, but I would refer you back to your Bibles, maybe later on the day when you have an opportunity. 
uh, to go and take a look at uh, the book of Sirach and uh, chapter 51 and see if you can discover something interesting in chapter 51 of Sirach about this image of the yoke and about wisdom. Credo in un Deo, un Padre omnipotente, un Cielo e Terra, visibile mondi met invisibilium, ed in unum Dominum, Iesu Christo, Filio, Deo unigenito, ed ex Padre nato mati omnia secula, Deo ne Deo lumine, lumine Deo vero ne Deo vero, genito non facem, consubstantiale patri, per quem omnia pactisum, qui propter nos omnis, et propter nosum salutum discendit in cernis, ed incarnatus est, ex Spiritus Santo, ex Maria Virgine, et homo factus est. Crucifixus et semper nobis, supponsio pilato, facit in sepultus est, et resurrexit tece die secundus scripturas, et ascendit in celum sedit et exit apatis, et iterum venturus est, cum gloria, judicare vivos et mortuos, cuius reni non eritiris, et in spiritum santum dominum et vivificantem, des patri filioque procedit, ficum patri filio simulatur e congruitatur, qui locutus est permopetas, et unam sanctam catholicam, et apostolicam ecclesiam. Confidio un baptismo in remissione peccatore, ed aspetto resurrezione mortuorum, in vita venturi secoli. Amen. Dominus obiscum, oremus. <coughs>